Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. and we're back. It's 2024. It's the second episode of 2024. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. And uh, I did a little boo-boo last week. Uh, a little snafu with Amazon, if, if you might say. Uh, you know how my right Joy-Con's been out for a while? Mm-hmm. Well, I got, I got a little extra Christmas money and uh, I went on Amazon to to look up some uh, uh, right controllers, Joy-Cons. I, I found a pair of, of cheap controllers for, for 20 bucks. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and get these. Uh, they might be cheap. They're off brand, but you know, all I need is the right one. That's all I need is, is a working right Joy-Con. So I paid my 20 bucks, got them on prime. I ordered them, I think Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, they were supposed to be here on Friday. And so I look in the mailbox on Friday. I'm all excited. I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. The package is in the mail. Get it home, open it up. And I'm looking at my new controllers, and I'm like, um, these have no innards. <laughs> I just what? Bought, I bought covers for my Joy Cons for twenty. Oh I'm like, no! Oh. I I didn't read close enough in the description, so and of course my printer is out is not working right now, so I had to get Amazon to send me a shipping label so I can send them back. Uh, as soon as I get that, that's rough. Uh, that's 
that's got to be so demoralizing when you're just like, I could see you just looking up at the sky going, no. <laughs> I was so excited. It was Friday. I was like, man, I'm going to get to play my Switch tonight. I was, and I opened up the package just immediately, just like my heart sank. I was like, oh, man. Got to wait just a little bit longer, I guess. I wonder how many other people have bought those thinking, because the picture is of actual, like, working Joy-Cons. Yeah, it they can be a little misleading with Very not just the photos, but sometimes with the descriptions too. So that, that's, that's what I did last rough. week. How was your week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not too bad. Just kind of getting back in the swing of things as far as you know, work and normal routines go. Um, almost fully recovered from the flu. I think nice. still got a little bit of the the chest congestion, but other than that, you know, not not as easily tired as I have been like the last two or three weeks. Yeah. That and just been um playing what we're gonna review tonight, mm-hmm. been playing some Harvest Moon. And um also I did get the new Sonic game Ooh. for Christmas, Sonic Superstars. So I've been playing that a little bit. So that's that's nice. been fun. It, it's it's exactly what I thought it was gonna be. It's like the new Super Mario Brothers treatment for Sonic. Yeah. But it's pretty good. Uh, and Joey in the chat room says he bought one for his Amazon Fire Stick remote, thought it was a cool blue remote, and it was a cover. See, why do they do that kind of stuff? And yeah, I know, uh, Mushmouth, I should have read that fine print. But the thing was, is I was on my phone, and usually when I order stuff on Amazon, I do it from the computer. So I just, I saw the Joy-Cons, I was like, these look cool. You know, they were like the 90s purple, like see-through controllers. I'm like, oh, those are kind of cool, I'll get those. And it's just the covers. Like, I have to actually physically take the innards out of my current Joy-Cons to put inside of these Joy-Cons. I'm like, I'm not. What? Uh, no. So I immediately was just like, I want a refund. Uh, that tricky Amazon. Yeah. I'm that, that lesson learned. Read the fine print on anything you buy. Um, but I will say, to be fair, you shouldn't have to read like an overly long description. For real. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It should be right there on top. The uh, A big asterisk. These are not functioning controllers. They are controller covers. Yeah. Agreed. But another thing I've been doing this week is on uh, on Game Pass. I've been playing this game called Sea of Stars. Uh, have you heard of this game yet? I, I think you can play get, get it on the Switch. Uh, you guys were talking about it in the Discord, but no, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, it's um, it's very much in the vein of... Uh, you can tell the people that made the game are huge fans of, like, Chrono Trigger uh, in games like that. And it's very much in that vein, and I'm having a blast playing that game. Okay, I'll, I don't know if it's on the Switch or not. I'll have to look and see. Depending on how long it is, I may do a review of it. I know I know Wally gets on me for reviewing non-retro stuff, but this is a a modern quote retro game, so I think it qualifies. I mean, I'm I'm reviewing a remake of a retro game next week, so mm. if he's gonna throw, throw you under the bus, I'm just <laughs> as guilty. But yeah, if you haven't tried it yet, everybody out there, just go give it a uh, give it a look. Um, I was just scrolling through Game Pass the other night. And I, I came across it, watched the trailer, and I was like, "This is pretty cool." So I downloaded it, and I've been playing it for, for about four or five days now, and I'm about six or seven hours into it, and I'm hooked. It's really cool. Nice. I but, look forward to playing it. But that's um, I, anything else you want to throw in before we go into the news for this evening? Uh, 
I don't think so. Well, let's do it. Tonight's news stories were provided to us by Mr. Armez Jackson. If you have a, a news story you'd like to send to us, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And this first story comes to us from, as this was on NPR.org, but this is all over the internet right now. 13-year-old Oklahoma, um, 13-year-old in Oklahoma may have just become the first person to ever beat Tetris. Uh, 34 years after it was released, um, 13-year-old Willis Gibson of Oklahoma ended up advancing so far that the game itself could not keep up with him. At level 157, he reached a notorious kill screen, the point in the game where it becomes unplayable because of limitation with the game's original programming. It took him less than 39 minutes. Um, what happens is you get so far uh, that the programmers that made the game, they never expected you to make it that far, and so the game starts breaking down, and eventually it just stops. So this kid it was amazing. Did you watch the videos, any of the videos about this kid? Yeah, it's it's unreal. I'm convinced this kid is an android. <laughs> Have you seen, did you see how those Tetris speedrunners use the controller? Like, I thought that, you know, the, the Ninja Gaiden, um, they call it slash canceling. I thought those guys were crazy, but this is insane. The way they hold the controller and they're like using the D-pad and they're like flicking their fingers on the back of the controller. It's so weird looking. This actually inspired a, um, I'll post it on, um, on our Twitter, but it, it's a, a shot from the wizard when Jimmy's playing uh, double dragon and it says, yeah, 13-year-old beat Tetris, but did he get 50000 yeah. <laughs> on double tracking? <laughs> yeah, I sent that to you guys the other day. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is... Um, I saw a, a video also on YouTube the other day about what happens to the game that far into it. And um, it, it's, it was a really cool... Um, let me look through... Well, I, I, I'll make a post of it on my, my Twitter or something or in the Discord. Um, I've watched some pretty cool videos over the last few days about um, what happens to the game once you get that far into it and about how the game starts to pull information from uh, the... Like, the, the code starts to pull from the RAM and it doesn't understand what it's doing and it just completely breaks the game at that point. And it's crazy to know that a human, like how did he see those pieces falling that fast was just beyond me. Hand eye coordination is off the charts. Like it's, I've watched some cool speed running, but this ranks up there with just like the craziest <laughs> video game material I've seen. This kid needs to be like a, a neurosurgeon or something like that. I mean, just yes. he needs to do something crazy with his life like that to have that amount of just pinpoint, just, uh, like be able to like just focus like that. The story should read that he didn't beat Tetris; he broke it. Yeah, he literally broke. <laughs> he Tetris. broke the game. Yeah, they never expected it. I mean, think about it. That game is now 30 years old. He's the first person to ever do this. And Ted, and it's the most, it, it, what is it? it? That game has sold the most copies of any game ever made. It's something like half a billion copies of that game are out in the world. You can get it everywhere. You can play 
Tetris on any workable device in the world. Like it's just mm-hmm. one of the it's the most prevalent video game probably ever. And he broke it. Uh, shout out to Willis Gibson for yeah. for doing what no one else has been able to do. <laughs> if anybody knows him, he wants to come on the show. We'd be we happy to interview him on here. Oh, for sure. Next up, I uh, was from MyNintendoNews.com. Mother account says plans are being made for Mother 2 30th anniversary. It's hard to believe, but this year marks the Mother 2, a.k.a. Earthbound's 30th anniversary. So, of course, there's a reason to celebrate. The official account for the series says that they are busy preparing various plans for the year ahead, which should spark fans' interest. They wouldn't divulge all the details, so we'll have to wait and see what transpires. The translation of their post on Twitter slash X said, Happy New Year. The year 2024 marks the 30th anniversary of the release of Mother 2. We are preparing various plans for the year ahead. Let's enjoy the year together. What would you do if Nintendo just came out and was like, a a remake of Earthbound, uh, available now? I would say one of my predictions for the year came true. Yeah. Because I I did say that, you know, with the popularity of the Mario RPG remake and the positive feedback it's gotten, that Nintendo should look into doing that more with some of their their 90s RPGs. And I think I think Earthbound, it makes too much sense anyway, because it has such a big following. Mm -hmm. But with it being the 30th anniversary, it makes too much sense to do it. Uh, and Tyler in the chat room says, and still no Mother 3 official release for the U.S. You never know. I mean, it might happen. I'm just hoping that one of these days they're going to do a direct and they're going to make an announcement saying Mother 3 is available now. Yeah. Like, it's one of those, like, right now you can go on the Switch and play it. Like, that oh, would be so cool. Because I've wanted to play that game for forever, but it's just never available in the states and i know when it's gonna drop because i'll be able to hear you screaming from two states <laughs> away <laughs> or or tyler from a little bit yeah. closer by <laughs> i'll hear dual screaming like up oh, they must have dropped the the earthbound <laughs> remake <laughs> from uh this is from synthanatomy.com this is a really cool story i saw the other day sonicware live in Mega Synthesis Portable Synth revives the Sega Genesis sound. God, they could have named this thing a little better. Sonicware Live and Mega Synthesis revives the gaming console sound engine in a new portable synthesizer groove box. With the Living Series, the young Japanese company Sonicware offers a wide range of exciting portable budget oriented synthesizers and samplers. The hardware features MIDI, USB, uh, form, etc., cetera, uh, are all the same, but each instrument has its own custom engine. Let's see. Um, it is new portable groove box, compromises three FM synthesis tracks, two PSG synthesis tracks, and a PCM sample track. Um, and then it goes under all the specs on here, which I'm pretty sure that our, our, uh, our good friend, um, oh God, wh- why am I blanking on his name? Um, uh, does the does his he's got his own uh retro uh channel uh synthwave oh, Nate does the synthwave channel not Nate um uh, uh, god damn it <laughs> my brain not working tonight uh, I mean e- either I'm sure you'll remember it at some point but 
Um, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy. Oh, Murphy. yeah, Jeremy Branch. Yeah, Jeremy Branch. Yeah. Um, he's got that Synthwave channel. He probably knows what yeah, all Lucid these Memory. Specs. Yeah, Lucid Memory. That's it. Um, he probably knows what all these uh, what all these specs are because this is just all uh, garbledy gook to me. Yeah, this is all like I- I'm like Vinkman and Ghostbusters. I don't understand a word that yeah anyone's saying. <laughs> but anyway, if I'd... you want to get one of these, it, it retails for two two hundred and thirty nine dollars. So if you're in the synth wave and doing you know would would like to bring back some of the Sega Genesis Mega Drive uh, sounds. This might be something you want to pick up. Or you can just try to say Sonicware Mega Synthesis 10 times fast. Yeah. How, how, what do they call this thing again? The Sonicware Live and Mega Synthesis. <laughs> or as I call it, the Yeah, the thing thing. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, I'm sure Mush, right. Mushmouth in the chat room, he said he wouldn't mind playing around with it. I yeah. Know, I know this would be up right up your alley, too. And Chuck says the Sonic Symphony World Tour starts in 12 days, which is is true, yeah. I wonder if it's coming Uh, anywhere close around here. I'll have to look at the dates. Yeah, I'd love to go to it. Me too. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I've I've watched it on YouTube, and it's really, really cool. Because they recorded like a legit version of the Sonic Symphony, um, complete with spliced in... um, vocal performances from some of the bands that have done music for Sonic throughout the years, mm-hmm. but it's mixed with the orchestra. That's so cool. And it's, it's really, really cool. But our last story comes to us from IGN. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo switch Two predicted to arrive in 2024, possibly at $400. Uh, this was reported in IGN's daily fix. All signs reporting to a, Proper Nintendo Switch follow-up in 2024, and according to industry analysts, it'll be priced at $400 or less. Of course, there's no official word from Nintendo, but let's hope they make some kind of announcement soon. Uh, so let see. Sony also made... Uh, oh, that's about the Silent Hill 2 remake, etc., etc. Um, I mean, we've talked about it. You've been saying it. Nintendo Switch 2 in 2024. It's coming this year, and at a $400 price point, that I mean, depending on what's under the hood, I might <clears throat> be an early adopter because I just I love the Switch. I just, I hope they announce it on the anniversary of when the Switch was released. Yeah, because if they do release it, I have a feeling it's going to be a holiday release. Oh, 100%. No, it's, I could see like a, maybe an early November, because I know they did that with the GameCube when it came out. Back in back in '01, it came out like November fifth, or somewhere around there. Yeah. Or or they could do maybe in early December. And uh, Tyler in the chat room says uh, we don't get anything like that near here, not even Nola. Um, sometimes we do. I did go see the uh, the London Symphony Orchestra when they were doing the uh, the Star Wars thing. Oh, uh, that's sick! I saw that at the Smoothie King Center in in New Orleans when it came through, and that was life-altering it was so awesome oh i bet i would love to have seen that because they had anthony daniels there and he was kind of the mc for the night and then they had the london symphony orchestra and they had the huge screens behind big um you know curved screen behind them playing all the scenes from the movie and like i literally cried like three or four times during the whole thing i was just overwhelmed with emotion i just i love stuff like that 
because you know that that's what they do with the Sonic Symphony. They mm-hmm. did it with the Zelda Symphony. Yeah, when they were doing the the twenty five year anniversary celebration, it, it's just it's such a cool idea. And there's just something about hearing like those tracks yep. with a live orchestra in the room. It's amazing. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's so cool. And before we go into this month of video game history. I want to tell everybody that we are proudly sponsored by our mobile game partner, Globe Glider. And if you like action-adventure platformers, Globe Glider is for you. Making a donation to the game using our partnership is quick and easy. Just simply hit the Donate button and select Nerd Cave Retro as your referral partner to unlock sweet in-game prizes like an exclusive Nerd Cave Retro cape. So download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. And now it is time for this month in video game history. On January 24th of 1984, Apple Inc. announces the original 128K floppy disk only Macintosh 128K. Look at that fine piece of machinery. Dude, I would love to have one of those. Dude, look at the mouse. Yeah. (laughs) It it just looks like a square. We had these in my uh, elementary school when I was a kid. Uh, This just brings back, like, instant nostalgia. Yeah. No, we we had something similar to this uh, when I was a kid, too. Uh, I think we had the Apple IIs is what we had. Oh, okay. But I remember before, um, like CDs and you know, eventually thumb drives became a thing. My mom used to have this plastic bin full of floppy disks, mm-hmm. and they were all like the different colors. Like they had yeah. like red, <laughs> green, blue, and it was like the see-through kind, yeah. so you could actually <laughs> see the inside of the floppy disk. And you're like, how does this thing even function? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that brings back memories too. Remember the the three and a half inch floppy, like the um the co- the containers that you could get. My mom had like two or three of those, and I just had them loaded up with like, I uh, just could just like in my mind sit there and look through all the 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 floppies and see like Doom, you know, and stuff yep. like that in there. And you could save uh, maybe one or two pictures. Yeah, <laughs> on, a, on a floppy disk. <laughs> Not even one whole picture. Yeah. Uh, January 14th of 1987, Nintendo releases uh, one of the favorite games here on the podcast, yeah. Zelda II The Adventure of Link for the Famicom Disk System in Japan. The game would go unreleased in America for nearly two years afterwards. Yeah, Should have went unreleased in America for decades. I wouldn't. I wonder why they waited so long. Because they knew it sucked. <laughs> and they were like, you know what? Uh, we can't put this off any longer. We'll we'll let those people out west feel yeah. our pain. Ugh, I hate that game so much. <laughs> uh, January 31st of 1992, Konami releases Bucky O'Hare for the NES in Japan. Love that game. Shout out to Bucky O'Hare. Yeah. And finally, January 21st of 1999, HAL Laboratory and Nintendo release Super Smash Brothers for the N64 in Japan, which launched one of the best multiplayer series of all time. I still remember that commercial for the uh, 
Smash so Super happy Smash together. <laughs> Beating the crap out of one another. It was like, that was some of the best advertising Nintendo ever did. I remember I didn't know that game was a thing until I saw that commercial. And when I saw the... Because they spliced in gameplay like in between the fighting. And my mind was just blown. Because, mm. you know, like all, all of us who grew up with Nintendo, we've always thought, well, what would happen if Mario and Link were in the same game together? Or yeah. what if Metroid and Star Fox were in the same game? Which, that would make for a good crossover. Like a legit mm. crossover. Metroid and Star Fox. Oh, yeah. And it it answered those questions. And it's still going on to this day. Mm-hmm. It was a good idea to make a fighting game, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we go into the review tonight, Derek, would you like to do our Patreon shout-outs? Absolutely. As always, we'd like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out Yupfed, a.k.a. Knife, James, a.k.a. at Jimbo Jr. on our Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Mispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Res Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage, Rampage. Steph Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image, and of course, last but not least, Mama, Mama Diamond. Diamond herself, <laughs> <laughs> Donna Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to our amazing commentary tracks. And we also proved that we will do just about anything <laughs> for our Patreon subscribers because we are still reeling from the Star Wars Holiday Special. It's just still taking me a while to, to get over that. Like, it's it's so terrible. Like, it, it's so bad. Yeah, it, it's... It's one of those things that, you know, as a filmmaker, it makes me feel better because that got made. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? This gives me hope. No pun intended. Yeah, but, but at the same time, it's also like, they wasted money on that. Like, what could, what in the world that could have been done that was good didn't get made because that was made? So... I love Uncle George. He gave us Star Wars, and I think he's one of the best storytellers of our generation. However, you do got to keep him on a leash a little bit. Yeah. And that was an instance where he he broke off the leash. See, what happens when you put him on the leash? You get Empire Strikes Back. When you take him off the leash, you get Ewoks. So, do the math. Uh, that makes me think of that clerk's quote. All Jedi had yeah. was a bunch of Muppets. <laughs> but we've also done, you know, much better commentary tracks yeah. too, like Batman 89, uh, Christmas Vacation, Clue, Transformers the Movie, even bad movies like Double Dragon and Super Mario Brothers. Those are fun commentary See, tracks. I thought Double Dragon was the worst thing we'd ever done until the Star Wars Holiday Special. And now I'm pretty sure Double Dragon is like is the Godfather compared to the, <laughs> the holiday special. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say if we did Mortal Kombat Annihilation, that would be possibly the worst thing we've ever done, but 
it's not as bad as the holiday special. No, nothing nothing so far has been as bad as the holiday special. No. So if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media information, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And tonight we're going to be talking about... Adventures is a platform game developed and published by Konami for the Sega Genesis. The game involves Sparkster, an opossum knight who wields a rocket pack and a sword that can emit energy projectiles as he attempts to stop <clears throat> the Devotindos. Is that how you say that? Devotindos? Sure. <laughs> empire. An evil empire that attempts to break the seal of a powerful starship. Uh, was designed by Nobuya Nakazato, designer of co- such Contra games as the Alien Wars, Hardcore, and Shattered Soldier, and it was released in Japan and North America in August of 93 and Europe in September. Um, upon release, the game received positive reviews. So I, um, I knew we were going to do this game for a while, or I know that our, our good friend Mushmouth um, mentioned it uh, a few months back, and um, we, we threw it in the... the we should review list. And um, I got a ROM of it a couple of weeks ago and finally played it about a week and a half ago and, and played it for about two or three hours. And that was when I texted you. I was like, yep, we got to review this game. So then I got a ROM of it mm-hmm. and uh, I've been playing it, you know, throughout the week. And I didn't really know what to expect from the game. Cause I didn't watch any gameplay of it. I'd seen a couple of screenshots so I knew I would at least like it because I, I put this in my notes. The look reminds me of um, the magical quest mm-hmm. starring Mickey Mouse, which I reviewed you know a while back um, on the podcast. It, it, it looks like peak 90s 16-bit platforming. Yeah. Um, you know, it's everything like the graphics are smooth. It's got that nice style of animation that is 90s but also still holds up. In my opinion. Yeah, I think it's stylized enough that you could even put this game out now and it would still look fresh and and new. 
because it does sort of have, I mean, it looks like you're playing a cartoon. Like, it's such a beautiful game, uh, and I love the aesthetic of the game. I love the colors, the the way the character, the, the character moves, Sparkster. Um, I love the way he moves and just the the character animations and the um the the gameplay is just so smooth on the game like uh, that was one thing I was just like when I played it 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 takes it, I had never played this game before either and I didn't know what to expect and it's not your typical running just running gun type of platformer there's a lot of things in the game as far as you know with the use of the rocket pack and things like that like that uh to get over obstacles and things like that and and reach certain places like it was it was kind of a it was really was a breath of fresh air yeah and that that was something that really jumped out at me whenever i started playing it cuz in the the first level that you're in or first stage there's a column that you have to jump over, but you can't jump that high. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out what to yeah. do. And then I'm <laughs> like, too. Oh, wait a minute. I have the rocket. Mm-hmm. And then I had to figure out exactly. Cause there, there's a little bit of, I won't say a learning curve, but you gotta play around with the rocket a little bit to really yeah. kind of get a grasp on how to move, you know, and like where and how to push you know, the right buttons. Yeah. In order to, because otherwise you might just, you know, shoot yourself across the screen and not be able to move or go straight up, which I did that a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it really does add a cool dynamic to it. it. At times, I felt like it made me a little too powerful, but the game is challenging enough that I think it warrants that. But that's the thing is like you feel overpowered at times, but then there are times where you're just like, am I doing any damage at all to like some of the bosses that you come across? I'm I'm just like, am I doing any damage whatsoever? And then all of a sudden the boss is dead and you're just like, oh, well, all right. I guess I was hitting him. Well, see, like I felt like the, your normal run of the mill enemies were fairly easy to, to beat once I figured out the rocket. Yeah. But you're right, whenever you get to the boss fights, you got to be a little more strategic and cerebral. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Like, I, ne- I didn't finish the game because, the- God, this game is long. Yeah, um, it is. And I got, I think, to level three or four. Um, got through several mini bosses, several bosses. I got past the, the crab, the boss with the mechanical crab uh, on the water, the underwater stage. That was as far as I could get. And then I was just like, you know, I'm just going to watch a a speed run of this game so I could see the rest of the game. And there was one speed run that I watched. It was from a a speed running thing they did in Las Vegas a couple of months ago. And this guy was explaining everything he was doing while he was speed running the game. And there was so much going through that goes into beating this game because like i said it's not just your typical run and jump platformer there's a lot of strategy involved with this game like it takes a lot of patience and kind of knowing like your your boss battles are you know there's there's phases to the boss battles it's not just hit the boss and you know cheese the boss it's like you got to actually kind of know what you're doing during these boss battles You'll get a kick out of this. So I I put this in my notes. 
the same train fight that you put in your notes that I'm, you know, I guess we could go ahead and get to. Yeah. It, it reminded me of, you know, the scene in the first Sonic movie, whenever um, Sonic and Tom are on the, the highway and yeah. they destroy <laughs> Robotnik's giant tank. Yeah. And then the other, like a smaller robot pops out of it. Yeah. And then they destroy that one. Mm -hmm. That's what I felt like. I'm like, this thing <laughs> will not yeah. stop. Like that whole, like that was actually my favorite part of the game so far was that because you're, you're, you're on a, uh, not a train car, but a mine like cart. Like a mine cart. It's like a mine, mine cart level. And that's the cool thing about this game is it's got pretty much everything you've ever played, but does it in a cool way. Like it's not as frustrating as the mine cart in like Donkey Kong country or anything like this is just like the only way you're gonna fall off is if you do something stupid or not know the patterns of what's coming or when the jump and things like that but you're trying to you're when you get to the boss like you're trying to fight this runaway train on the tracks and, and you're on a different track than it is but it's got these arms that are swinging at you and then it's just it's an insane amount of stuff that's happening on the screen. And you're just like, am I doing any damage to this thing? And then eventually it dies and you're like, oh, okay. I'm, I guess I passed this part, but it was just, it's almost like sensory overload a little bit. One well, also leading up to the boss fight, whenever you have to, to kill all the enemies that are in the individual carts and yeah. then hop from cart to cart, to cart, mm -hmm. to cart. It's insane. So it's, it's a lot. <laughs> but it's cool, though. I mean, it's a really fun game to play. Um, and I wrote on here, the music's great. Like, some of the best music I've heard from the Sega Genesis, which don't get, don't get me wrong, the Genesis sound chip is okay, but that was always kind of the thing, was the Super Nintendo had a much better sound chip than the Genesis did. The Genesis is always kind of, always the music was always a little bit tinny to me. But this music was it wasn't quite as jarring as most Genesis music is, um, but it sounded really good. Like there's a, and there's some really good music. Like I would sit and listen to the soundtrack of this game just to listen to it. Yeah, I put in my notes that the music can never end, and I wouldn't yeah. complain. Like <laughs> it's I I love video game music from this era, and to be honest, like outside the Sonic games, I haven't heard any genesis tracks that are really that good or memorable but yeah the music from top to bottom in this game was really good it's it didn't sound like tinny mm. it actually it sounded really good yeah and all the sound effects were really cool in this game and uh we didn't really talk about the uh the plot of the game and it's it's kind of a lot <laughs> going on in this game uh, the first king of Zephyrus uh, had led his, uh, like, oh my god, there's just so much. Basically, it's a save the princess type of game. Yeah. And your name is Sparkster, and you're a knight, and you have a rocket pack on your back, and you're a possum. So, go. I mean, it's, it's convoluted, but it's basically the same thing as Mario. It's just like, save the princess. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, I mean, story-wise, it's just very straightforward but this is one of those that you know this is about the gameplay mm -hmm. this is about just being in a fun world and, and something else i wanted to throw in there too about the aesthetic of the game 
I really like the backgrounds. Yes. Um, because um, in the first level, you know, you see like the the castle in the background that's under attack. Um, you've got the mountains and the clouds, and you didn't see that a whole lot, mm. really, until like later in the stage of the Super Nintendo or the Genesis. I feel like so and- there there's some real detail in this game. And I was losing a lot of lives just because I was paying more attention to the background than what was going on. That's why I liked watching the videos of this game because I could actually pause and like look at some of the detail in the backgrounds. Yeah, so the the designers of this game, you could tell they they took zero days off. Yeah. <laughs> when they they didn't to put it bluntly, they didn't half-ass anything. When it came to this. And I love that they, they pretty much took every genre of game uh, that you could, uh, of, of platform style game that you could put in here. Like we talked about the, the minecart level. There's levels where you're trying to avoid lava on the floor. Um, and you have to, to, the lava keeps coming up and down. And that one level took me forever to figure out that you have to wait for the lava to come up. Because you'll see platforms hidden behind some stalactites that you have to jump to. And I was like, oh, I know what's going on here. And then they got levels that are like a, a side-scrolling shooter. You know, like Gradius or, or R-Type. Like that type of stuff going on. There's like so much going on in this game. I think it was the second stage. You get to a point where like the whole screen is flashing red. And you have this beam of fire that shoots out at you like from random spots on the map. Mm -hmm. So you got to be really leery of that. So it's just, (laughs) I I like the variety in in the game. You know, it's you hearken it back to like the super Mario brothers, like old school platforming games. You had your underwater stages, you had your caves, you had your normal overworld, you had your castle, you had enough of a variety where you felt like you weren't playing carbon copy mm-hmm. and that that's how i felt playing this and another thing about this game and i, I would have never known about this unless i was i watched the the speed run videos but there's a, a lot of strategy in this game as far as you know going into the boss fights where you have uh you know you have a health bar like a pretty healthy health bar and you can take a lot of hits before you die but this game is a lot like um, the, the original Ninja Turtles, where uh, you know the more closer to death they got, the stronger they got. So a lot of speedrunners will get their turtles down to like a couple of hit points, and they hit like really hard. This game is that same way. Um, if you let your health bar go down to certain points, you hit way harder than you would if you had a if you go into the boss fight with like a full health bar. Yeah, I I read about that and I was like, you know what? I'm not brave enough yeah. <laughs> to, to try that. Um if I were more familiar with the game, mm-hmm. then I might be willing to do it. But yeah. I, I understand the strategy though. But just some of the cool stuff too, like there was a level you go through where there's uh, you know you're you're traveling on vines. Um, platforming on vines through the level, and then there are spots where you got to go behind the waterfall because the vines are behind the waterfall, and you fight the boss that way too because there's these platforms that are going, you know, front and back beneath the waterfall. And I thought that was really 
inventive at the time. That was my favorite boss fight that I played when you fight that like giant mechanical mm. worm type thing. Yeah. And it goes behind the waterfall. So then you have to go behind it in order to deal damage to it. Mm -hmm. And you kind of flip back and forth. I thought that was really innovative. And, you know, I, I mentioned Sonic Superstars earlier. It does something similar where you like go into the background because it's a 2D game. It plays just like the old school Sonics. But there are certain spots where you go into the background of the stage and you have to you know collect rings or do a certain objective and then you come back into the foreground so to see that this was done you know back then was is pretty cool yeah it's, it's almost like they they took everything that they thought was cool about other games and they're like ah, hey, let's put that in here too somewhere and at the end of the day i mean who doesn't like a possum and a so sorry about the uh, abrupt uh, end to the conversation there, uh, everybody. We had a slight power outage here at the house, and um, we're back. So we're going to finish out this episode as fast as we can before the power goes out again, because the weather is apparently raging outside. So we'll see what happens, everybody. But, um, but uh, we were talking about where were we at when we were so rudely interrupted by Mother Nature? Um. I know we were talking about like some of the the boss battles. You yeah. know, I, I mentioned specifically the the mechanical worm that um, that you fight that goes behind the waterfall, and we were talking about how like inventive mm -hmm. that was because it's used a lot in modern two or two and a half D platformers. But this was done, you know, now over thirty years ago. Yeah. I really did um, enjoy this game, and I was doing doing some research, and there was a Super Nintendo uh, sort of version of this game. Now, there was a version that was planned, <clears throat> but it was never released for the Super Nintendo, but they did do a spinoff game for the Super Nintendo called Sparkster, which I played a little bit of the other day, and um, it, it it's a lot of the same kind of gameplay, but it, it it has a different look to it. I I still enjoy it, but I kind of like the look of the Super Nintendo, uh, Super the Sega Genesis one better. Rocket Knight Adventures because the Super Nintendo has a softer look to the graphics. It, it looked a lot more like uh, Mega Man X, like that style uh, of game. Like it was a beautiful game. Don't get me wrong, but I preferred the way the the Genesis one looked, and the music wasn't as good either. Um, but I think I still might play it, um, get a little space between Rocket Knight Adventures and it and come to that with, with fresh eyes and see what I feel like, you know, in a couple months and do a review of that because I enjoyed what I played, but it was, it was kind of like, eh, well, it's not, you know, it's not Rocket Knight Adventures. So I kind of need some space between the two. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good idea. Uh, but it says here that Sparkster has appeared as a playable character in games like New International Track and Field for the <laughs> DS, Crazy Kart Racing for iPhone and iPod Touch, Snatcher for the Mega CD, and Mitsumete Knight for the PlayStation. Hmm. I never heard of so that. So he's, he's been around a little bit, which it, is surprising considering that I never really knew of this game back yeah. in the day. And that's the thing. Like, I really feel like he could have been a mascot 
if not for the Genesis, at least for Konami. Like, and I'm, I kind of wonder what happened. Like, this is such a good game. Like, why he never kind of took off as like a, a. I think they did actually use him as a mascot for a little while, but he just didn't. And and he should have ended up on our our failed mascots uh, episode yeah. too, because I'd never even really heard of him until Mushmouth brought it up and, and looked it up and was like, "Oh, this game looks cool," and here we are talking about it. I guess it was just kind of a they didn't do very well with the the I don't know the advertising for this game. I guess. I mean, marketing does have a lot to do with the success of you know like what not just video games but with movies and tv if you don't have at least a little bit of advertising and clever mm. advertising at that then i mean nobody you could have the best product in the world but nobody's going to know it exists yeah i feel like he has a great marketability uh, for being a yeah. video game character i mean he could have been up there with at least mega man you know how mega man is a, a kind of a, a mascot for capcom at the time, like Rocket Knight could have, you know, Sparkster could have been a mascot for Konami at the time. Like this game should have had like dozens of sequels. Like we should still be playing Rocket Knight games today. Like that's how good the, I think this game is. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, all the the reception agrees with us, you know, computer and video games gave it an 88 percent. Uh, EGM gave it 40 out of 50, Joypad 96%, Meme Machines 91, Mega Action 94, Megatech 92, uh, Sega 16 9 out of 10. Yeah, high scores for it. Yeah, really, really good scores for a franchise that, that never took off. And I, you know, I don't know if I have at this age, I have the ability for the memorization it takes to, to speed runner in this game or anything, but I think this definitely might go into the rotation of games that I'm just going to play from now on, just pop it in and play it. And I would love to have a, a, a hard copy of this game. And they, and I looked on eBay, they're going to run you between 40 and 50 bucks for a copy of this, which isn't bad. But if you want a copy of Sparkster for the Super Nintendo, you're going to have to shell out some cash for that one. That Those go for about $200 a pop. Oh, right up there with Earthbound. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Tyler in the chat is right. Um, a revival of the series uh, was released in 2010 for the Xbox 360, PS3, and Steam hmm. and was developed by British studio Climax Group. Huh, I don't even remember that at all. You know, I kind of, the cover art does look kind of familiar for the the reboot. I, no, it doesn't. I'm going to have to watch some gameplay of that. Yeah, I'm going to have to definitely go back and play it, though, because uh, I, I would love to see what they did in 2010 for this. Same. But, but what um, would you give it? I'm going to give this game at least a 9 out of 10. I mean, other than being brutally hard, there's not much that you can say bad about this game. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Uh, it's It was really enjoyable. Um, I wish I could have beaten it before we did the review. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. But I enjoyed it from top to bottom. I like the level design. I like 
the the fun characters. I thought even the death animations mm. for the enemies <laughs> you fight were pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> the boss fights are fun. So yeah, I I think I agree with you. I think I'd give this a 9. It was really really good. It was like I said, it, it was it was a gr- good surprise and that's why I immediately texted you and was like, "Yeah, we need to do a review this like right now." And here we are. Here we are. But uh, but yeah. that's our review for Rocket Knight Adventures. Go go uh, in stores now. <laughs> 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 rated E for everyone. Yeah, rated E for everyone. But uh, but that's gonna do it for this week. Um, what do we got coming up next week? So next week, um, I'm gonna be reviewing the Super Mario RPG remake. Awesome. Which I've I've had a lot of fun playing. So I'm I'm really excited to talk about it. And um, also, we want to let you guys know, after that, um, not next week, but the week after, we're going to be doing our next top five list. And what is our next top five list going to be again? Um, We decided on top five multiplayer games. Yes, so your top five multiplayer games that you love the most. So get those, uh, go to our Discord. You can put it right there in the top five submissions tab or you can dm us on uh twitter or x whatever you're calling it these days um facebook but probably the best way to do it is do it on the discord or email it to us nerdcaveretro at gmail.com so derek what is going on with the derek diamond experience well it is back um i dropped the newest episode right before we started recording this i'm listed my top five movies of 2023 and I will say this, I did finally watch Oppenheimer yesterday. Mm. It's as good as people have made it out to be. <laughs> I still got to see it. I haven't seen it it's, yet. It is excellent. Hmm. It's uh, So you'll, you'll have to listen to the episode to see if it made my number one. Awesome. But um, yeah, it's and the show's you know going to be back on a uh, normal schedule. So uh, new episodes will be coming out on Mondays. And go check me and Mr. Jacob Craig out on the Open Micers podcast, openmicers.com, at openmicers on Twitter and Instagram. Last week, we did our guest of the year episode, and the winner was Mr. Mo Alexander. And man, <coughs> excuse me, we had a great time on that episode. I got to pull a lot of clips out of that one. So go check that episode out. I, I laughed way too hard in that episode a couple of times. And uh, Mr. Mo is just one of the funniest people on the planet, and I love having him on the show. The energy is different whenever <laughs> he's on the show. He's just, Not he, to disrespect any of your previous <laughs> guests, but... He brings out the best in both of us for some reason. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a great way of putting it. And also, at the end of this month, Mr. Derek Diamond is going to be joining us on the 29th for our monthly episode of Headliners, where we talk about... We talk about all the goofiest headlines in the news for that month. So if you want to hear us talk about probably a lot of stories about Lil Boosie, uh, (laughs) he he seems to be uh, a mainstay in our weird headlines uh, news stories. So go check us out when that drops. That's what I hope we talk about, honestly. (laughs) I mean, we didn't even do a headliners episode with Mo, and we had three Lil Boosie stories to talk about with him. It was. It felt like two episodes in one, in a good way. <laughs> but I, we got to have a little boosie on the show. So if we can get our Patreon up to four grand a month, then we can pay him to come on the show and just <laughs> be weird. 
So yeah. go go give us money so we can get a little boosy on the show over there at Open Micers. Fantastic. But uh, but is that it? Is that everything for this week? I think so. Well, let's get out of here. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree. That takes you everywhere you need to go on our socials, uh, our merch shop. We have ways to cash out us and PayPal over there. If you don't want to be a patron, but you want to give us some money, we've got a couple of tabs up there for you. Also, ncrmerch.com takes you to our shop where you can get t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires and you know what else helps the show leaving us a five-star review or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms and that puts us in front of more people we get more people listening to the show so go do that and if you want to watch us every week youtube.com slash jfunktastic Derek, tell them what it's all about wow Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut-flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce-flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.